Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We're honored that you're here, and we pray that you find this message both encouraging and inspiring. To talk to you on the subject this morning of family, and we are in our series called This is Hope Unlimited, and family is one of our values here. It's one of the things that we talk about a lot around here. Uh, we have a catchphrase here called This is Home, and home is where family is, and I just want to talk a little bit this morning about what a family is supposed to be, and what this church family is, and then how you can catch what we embrace here and impart it into your own family. And so I think a lot of times, like people get up, like Pastor Casey will probably get up. He is coming next week, or tentatively, he's coming next week. So he'll be talking about marriage next week. So be here and uh, get ready to get rebuked about your marriage and how you treat your spouse poorly, okay? Uh, and you'll be encouraged. Um, but um, when I think about family, I think about the people of God as a whole, the family of God as a whole. And I think about how Jesus built his church in a way that was around things that families typically value. Dinner, <laughs> hanging out together. Everybody, I said dinner, everybody's like, amen, <laughs> amen. He sure did, didn't he? <laughs> it's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> um, anyways, he, he built his church in a particular way. And I believe when we embrace the way that he told us to build his church, it looks more like family than it does an organization. It looks more like family than it does... A, there's nothing wrong with mega churches when I say this, but it looks, it looks more like this, and than it does a huge group of people where you don't really know anybody. And so, I want to lay out what I think this place is supposed to provide that you can catch and impart into your own family, and. I want to read from a couple places this morning, maybe one place, maybe a couple places, we'll see. The first thing that I want to, the first place that I want to read is 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, for his family, and especially for the members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a good one out of the gate this morning. <laughs> if, anyone do, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially the members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Pierce our hearts today. Teach us something good. Let us impart these things into our households. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Jansen on the keyboard this morning. 
How about this? Me and Jansen ended up in the same movie theater the other night. Didn't plan it. We just ended up, we prophetically are in sync because he plays that piano but while I preach. And we just ended up going and watching the same movie and had almost the same type of review for it. So Jansen's in sync with me and I'm in sync with Jansen. That means he can never leave this church to do anything. And so everybody give it up for Jansen. Um, so we are in a series called This is Hope Unlimited. We're talking about our values and our ways of life that we practice here and how that serves what we feel called to do as a church. How many of you know your values serve whatever you feel called to do? What you're called to do does not create a system of values. What you value determines what you do and it determines who you are. And so we believe that family is something that we are supposed to not only just talk about here, but embrace here. It's not something that we're just supposed to kind of say, we're one big happy family. We actually believe that. We actually don't just talk about it. We are about it. And we want that. <laughs> Kelby, I got a laugh out of Kelby on that this morning. I'm one for one with jokes today. So y'all keep it up laughing. Um, the... Anyways, where I was at this morning is that we are a group of people that love each other deeply, and there is, a, there is not a rhyme or a reason. There is not, a, there is not a, a law that says we have to. It's because we've met someone named Jesus, and we believe that his love for others is what actually draws and keeps us together. His love for us and his love for others is what draws and keeps us together. And so this morning, I want to talk really briefly about family. So first of all, how many of you know that a strong church is built around strong families? A strong church is built around strong families. It's not built upon like great worship or great preaching. It's built upon people who follow Jesus in the everyday, and that is generational. It's not just in the dad, but it's also in the mom, and it's also in the kids. And it's Beckham's two, and I'm about to make him start tithing, right? I'm about to, I'm about to start making him tithing because, listen, we now have all these toys. He needs to give a tenth of those up every week, and we'll be good. Every week, he needs to bring a tenth of what he has left, and we'll be good by his next birthday. It's like, hey, guys, like, just give us money, okay? Just give me and Anna money. We'll put it in the bank, promise, pay for his college. He don't need any more toys. And specifically, he does not need any more drums, okay? He needs no more drums. He has 8,000 drums. Matter of fact, this morning around 3.30, I hear this little wine from the room over and it's Beckham obviously it's not Winston <laughs> and he doesn't stop crying and I go in there and get him and hey I've been up since 3 30 I'm ready to roll right but he's like I like get in there and the first th the one thing one trick that he's been playing on us as of late he fakes being hungry to stay up longer fakes it 
I found him out. Right? I walk in there and he's just like, I'm like, dude, it's 3.30. You ain't hungry. And so like I open the door and he sprints out. He just sprints out. Immediately into the playroom. It's 3.30 in the morning. And I'm like, Beckham, if you hit those drums, so help me God, you will be grounded for your third year of life. It's 3.30 in the morning. Anyways, so I've been up since 3.30, but do not send Beckham any more drums. I know that y'all love us. Don't send him any more drums. He doesn't need any more. But we believe that how the environment that me and Anna believe that the environment that Beckham is raised in and our future kids, we believe that matters. We believe that's important, right? I had to actually, someone was telling me this the other day. They were like, when we come to your house, it's just so peaceful. That's on purpose. Like, that's, that's purposeful. That's intentional. It's not like we don't have a lot of chaos going on in our house for a reason. Winston is the most chaotic thing that happens in our house. Anna gets home from work, and it's like every bit of training that I paid for just goes out the door. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Because I'm like, I paid for him not to do that, and now he's doing that. Um, but we believe that when we embrace particular things, when we embrace particular values, it creates a family and it creates a home worth being a part of. And I believe when we embrace particular values at Hope Unlimited, it creates a family and a home and a group of people worth being a part of and belonging to. And so I read the verse out of 1 Timothy this morning, and actually this is Paul talking to Timothy about how to care for his family. And he says, a man that does not provide, or he says, not, he doesn't say a man, he says, a person who does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. A person that does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Now, how many of you know that that's not just talking about money, right? Because I know parents who provide a lot of money and nothing else. And I know parents who provide a lot of money, and there's no love, and there's no peace, and there's no grace. I know people who do that, right? But I want to talk to you about things that I think you can provide this morning, and things we want to provide as a church, and things we hope to provide as a church, so that they take root in your heart, and you provide them to the people in your household and in your home, okay? The first thing that I think that we are, we are supposed to provide is love. This does not exist if we do not love each other. It does not exist if we do not love each other. If we grow bitter and cold at each other for whatever reason, this will cease to exist. The greatest threat to churches, our size is not mega churches. It's bitterness within the hearts of the people. It, the greatest threat to churches is not another church. It's the people within that don't guard their hearts. Right, because how many of you know sometimes like 
It is better if someone goes and is a part of a different church than ours. Like, I'm, that's totally okay. That's totally fine. We are called to do something very specific. Like, we believe we are called to do something very, very specific here in Knoxville. It's to give people a life they were made for, encountering God and living in community. Right? We believe we're supposed to give people that life. And in order to give people something, you have to love them first. And listen, if, you, if we don't love each other here, how are we going to love people that we don't even know? I'm talking about, you, Brandon preached last week. Yes, it was last week. Yes, Brandon preached last week. And he preached a... He preached from a verse in Matthew chapter 9. And one of the things in that verse, it says, Jesus went about healing every sickness and every type of disease. But right before it says that he went about healing all of their sicknesses as diseases, it says this, he was moved with love and compassion. What if the cure to all of our things going on inside of us and our physical bodies is love and compassion. It's being moved with love and compassion for other people. If you want to see healing break out, I'm convinced that you have to love people well first. It's not about someone having an anointing for healing. Right? Could you imagine? It's like, man, I'm anointed to heal the sick and cast out devils and all this, but I can't stand you. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen a miracle happen like that? What about a fake miracle happen like that? <laughs> I've seen some of them. But we have to love each other. I think in three, you know, there's different really types of love or uh, adjectives to describe love. I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to love other people unconditionally. Right? That literally means without condition. Unconditionally conditionally that means if they're different than you completely different than you that means if you're a liberal and they are a conservative republican you have to love them and vice versa if you're a conservative and they're a liberal you have to love them too it's one of the strangest things in the world like some of the things that are happening in the church right now, you have both sides crucifying each other for belief systems. The church is not built on a system of beliefs or ideas. It's built around the person of Jesus. It genuinely, like there's all types of people that like, if you didn't vote this way, then you're not a Christian. Or if you vote this way, then you can't be Christian. That's crap. Has nothing to do with, like, following Jesus has nothing to do with the way that you vote at the polls. Nothing. Can there be values that drive the way that you vote? Sure. Of course. But how you vote does not determine how you get treated. And how others vote does not determine how they get treated. And I'm just using that example because it's the hottest one in the church right now. <laughs> it's a hot button issue. But if people have different preferences than you, if people like to dress different than you, than you, so what? Who cares? 
It's exactly as long as they have clothes on. Amen. 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 Yes. Do not show up to church here like Jeremiah the prophet that stripped down naked and began to prophesy. You will be escorted out of here by Tom. Wherever he's not here today, but if he's here, he's going to be doing the escorting. Of the unclothed one. <laughs> it's only because I love him. And God wants him to love those people. We have to love people unconditionally. We love people most of the time based off their behavior. You ever notice that? We treat people with kindness most of the time based off their behavior. We are most of the time unkind to people who behave differently than us. I want you to think about this. Jesus was kind to people who crucified him. What excuse do you have? There's nobody going to nail you to a tree. If you get your feelings hurt, it's going to be okay. I promise you, it will be okay. This too shall pass. Get it tattooed on you, baby. Every time you get, every time you get your feelings hurt, this too shall pass. Or if you're a guy, get it tattooed across your chest. Because that's what all the guys do with that tattoo. But it's okay. I like that saying. I really do. Sometimes I'm like, Beckham's like going wild. And I'm like, this too shall pass. This is going to be over soon. But we have to love people without condition. We have to love people who are different than us. Totally different than us. Jesus said this, anybody can love your friends. Can you love your enemies? That's the test. If Jesus has really taken root in your heart. It's not if you can love people like you. It's if you can love people different than you. That's a tough one. That's a toughie this morning. I know. It's tough. You provide unconditional love. You provide tough love, right? And by tough love, I don't mean mean love. There's a big difference between tough love and mean love. Dr. Chris Green says this. He says, the truth hurts, but it never harms. The truth hurts, but it never harms. And I think a lot of times what happens is, is when we have someone in our lives that calls us to a higher standard, and I don't mean standard of like you don't watch Harry Potter, or you don't smoke cigarettes, or you don't dip, or you don't do all this stuff, and I don't really think that you should smoke cigarettes or dip. I don't think any of those things are good. I do like Harry Potter, though. I, I will admit, I do like it. It's okay. I do like it. It's okay. You don't have to crucify me for it, Jesus. Um, it's okay. If you don't like me because I don't like Harry Potter, I still love you, I swear. Um, but if you don't feel right about watching it, don't watch it. 
right? I'll also say that. If you don't feel good about watching it, don't, don't watch it. Um, second thing, <laughs> you have to have people in your life that call you who you are in God, that speak to your heart and your soul and call you to your identity in Jesus. You have to have those people in your life. If you don't have those people in your life, I promise you, you will never be everything that God's asked you to be. If you don't have people who, who give you tough love, not mean love, mean love cuts you down. Tough love brings you up. Mean love squashes you. Boy, if you've been, if you've been Pentecostal for a minute and a half, you've experienced some of that mean love. <laughs> Jansen has played keys at a church before and knows everybody there where they almost stabbed somebody with a sword a few weeks ago. During worship, they had swords broke out during worship. Not flags, Japanese swords in worship, just swinging them around, baby. And this, I'm serious, there's, a, there's like a TikTok of it or whatever. This guy like does this, and this guy like runs across, and I'm talking about, you're talking about inches away from being impaled with a Japanese sword. Those people give you that mean love. Dude. You roll up in there with sin, we got a Japanese sword for you, baby. Amen. We're going to cut this sin out. Yeah. Pastor Casey preached a message a long time ago, and it was to, I can't remember when it was, but he preached a message. He's like, does your pastor carry a knife? And he talked about how it, it's like, do, do his words cut sometimes? And it's like, no, theirs carries a sword. Worse than a knife. Anyways, but you've experienced, like if you've been in, not even if you've been Pentecostal, if you've been Christian, you've experienced that mean love, that grumpy love. It's like, we love you. You got to be right with God to come to my church. <laughs> you've got to provide tough love that builds people up and calls them into everything that they're supposed to be, into their identity in God. So when people are, when people are blatantly sinning, it is okay to look at them and say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Like, this is not good for you, and it's not good for other people. We need a love that suffers, Right? This is what Paul says when he talks about long he when he talks about love being long suffering. Right? How patient are you with people? How patient are you with people who you think should just change? That's a hard one. Ms. Jean says amen. <laughs> amen. It's hard. It is hard, but, but Paul calls us into this type of love that suffers with those who aren't where we think they should be. The way that you bear people's immaturity reveals your maturity. The way that you... <laughs> The way that you bear people's immaturity reveals your maturity. 
How you handle immature people shows how mature you are. If you have to bear other people's immaturity, that's okay. They're just not where you are yet. But who is to decide that they're not where they're supposed to be? You? Could you imagine if I expected Beckham to vacuum the whole house, cook his own food? We're almost there, but not quite. (laughs) Pay the bills. Could you imagine? What would you call me? Crazy, mean, insane. And we do this with people all the time. We do this with people who are newborns in Jesus all the time. You should not expect people who've been saved for four or five years to act like they've been saved for 50. You can't expect people who've been saved for 10 years, who've been following Jesus for 10 years, to act like that they've been following Jesus for for 25. You can't expect that from people. Your expectations for them is killing you and them. You have expectations that they should meet, and because they're not meeting them, you are taking taking them, and you are putting them in a prison, and you are locking the key, and you are saying, when you do this, I'll let you out. And you can't do that to people. A lot of times, we put people in more bondage than the devil does. Because they don't live the way that we think they should live. And we trap them in the box of our expectations. Just bear their immaturity. And here's a a really awesome piece of advice. Get you an eight-ounce cup of get over yourself and drink it. Yes. Just get over yourself. Stop being so offended all the time. It is obnoxious. Every time someone, every time something happens, you get offended. Guess what? You make that decision to be offended. You are, you are being mad by choice. I have never met people who enjoy being mad. I mean, maybe I have. <laughs> maybe I have. But it's like, you do realize that you're not enjoyable to be around. If you're mad all the time, nobody wants to be around you, including the people that you're called to reach, including the people that you see every day that you could share Jesus with. Dude, you're mad. They don't believe that you have Jesus. You're angry all the time. They don't believe that you follow Jesus. Jesus is happy. He's not mad. He's not upset. Your behavior doesn't make Jesus' emotions change. He's God. And you're not. 
It's really that simple. (laughs) He doesn't change because of you. You change because of him. That's the way this works. And he bears all of our immaturity, all of our negativity, all of our sin, and all of our problems because he provides love for us. And as his church, we should provide that kind of love for other people. Listen, the next thing that I think that God provides for us and we should provide for others and we should provide for people in our house is security. He provides security. This has to be a place of security for people. This has to be a place where people can take off their mask and not be insecure about what's under. And for, other, and for that to happen in the lives of people and in the hearts of people, they have to know that this is a place of security and safety and stability. Do you know, I think this is one of the reasons why that we live in a world that's so unstable is because we try to complicate life. We try to make life so complicated. I actually believe this. Simplicity is the doorway to stability. Simplicity is the doorway to stability. If your life is unstable, take some things out. Don't add anything. Listen, I'm going to give you some advice. If you are depressed or anxious, do not add a single thing to your life. Do not take on anything else. Learn how to deal with what you have to deal with. I would, in fact, say if you are anxious or depressed, remove things that don't necessarily have to be there. Right? You don't have to go to every party. You don't have to attend every social gathering. You don't have to show up to everything so that people can know that you're there and they don't think that you hate them. Not everybody thinks that you hate them when you don't come to something that they have. There were people who didn't come to my kid's birthday party yesterday. They probably had something else to do. I'm not offended. Cash at me. It'll be all right. (laughs) Be fine. Me on that cash app. In, In this being a place of security, it has to be a place of safety. This has to be a place where people can run to and take refuge when they are hurting and in pain. We have to be a group of people that people can run to when they're hurting and in pain and find safety here in family. There is safety in family. Let me, let me make a correction. There is safety in family done right. There is safety in family done right. Because I realize that everyone didn't grow up in a safe family. You just didn't. But the way that family is supposed to be done, there is safety. There is safety. You can come. There, this is a place of refuge. We are called to create a place of refuge, a place of safety for people to run to. Listen, if you want to provide security for people, 
and specifically in your household, you have to, I, I cannot overemphasize this enough. You need a rule of life. You're like, what in the world does that mean? Marissa, grab the mic and get up here and explain. No, I'm joking, <laughs> joking. You need a rule of life. You need practices that you do on a regular basis that keeps you in rhythm. Right? And I don't mean filling your schedule with nonsense. I practice a rule of life with the order of St. Anthony. I pray every day at 9 and every night at 10. And I fast something during the week. And I started doing this, and you would not believe how grounding that is. It's like, it's like I can't schedule anything at 9 and 10. That's how I start and end my day. Right? And it's not this like, we're not like on a prayer call like, we're not doing that. That's not what it is. We're not yelling in tongues on a prayer call asking for everybody to get healed. That's not what we're doing. We're, we are grounding ourselves in the person of Jesus. If you like that, Kelby. <laughs> It's a good tongues interpretation. Anybody got an interpretation out there? <laughs> I'm joking. Do not say anything. <laughs> it's fake. The security that the New Testament had was the rule of life that they had in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They, came, they went to church. They prayed. They ate food together. They got together to have the Lord's Supper. They gave money away. This was their rule of life. Kind of sounds a little familiar, right? They came to church. They gave. They were in a group of people to do life with on a regular basis. They ate dinner together. This was their rule of life. This is what kept them grounded. You need that. You need a rule of life to keep you grounded. And if you want to know more about that, I have about a thousand books that I can recommend to you. So, the last thing that I think that we need to provide for people, Jansen, you can come on up, is we need to provide a... Here, this has to be a launching point for people. And your home has to be a launching point for you. What do I mean by that? I mean a place where you are sent out of on a weekly basis. You see the person of Jesus, and then you are sent by the Spirit of Jesus out into the world on a weekly basis. This is what the book of Acts was even about they saw him they encountered him in a powerful way they ordered their life around that and then they were sent into the world this has to be a place that people can be sent out from with something to offer the world around them your home has to be a place 
where when people leave, they carry something with them out of there. And guess what? The cool thing about that is, you don't get to decide what that is. It already is. You can change it, but it already is. When people leave my house, I want them to feel at rest. I want them to feel peaceful. I want them to almost, but not quite, fall asleep on the way home. Right? If you're, if you're in the passenger seat, have at it. If you're driving, don't. Jesus, take the wheel, right? <laughs> Brian, you want me to sing it this morning? <laughs> you want me to sing it? Taylor Swift. That's not Taylor Swift. It's Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Whatever. Is, is it Carrie Underwood? It is. Amen. It's bad. It's bad. It's terrible. Where do we ultimately figure out what Jesus actually looks like? Where do you figure that out? With the people you are closest to on a regular basis. You see him in them. And you should. See, we in our charismatic world, we have a weird thing where we think that our purpose is to show up and we have arrived. Right? We're here to, here to do it. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out every devil in the room. But the approach that Jesus really had to do those things was instead of showing up and saying, here I am, he showed up and said, there they are. And I need to go serve them. And this is the way that I'll serve them. Instead of a Christian showing up, going to stir up the atmosphere and change it, why don't you just serve the people there? Like you want to change atmospheres, but you can't change your attitude. How's that going to work? Sometimes the best thing that we can do as Christians is just be quiet and serve people. Just shut up. It would be better most of the time if we did not talk about Jesus and we just acted like Jesus. Because we have all sorts of things jacked up about God when we start talking about Him. This has to be a place that we can be sent out from week after week. Your home has to be a place that people can be sent out from with something to serve the world with. I kind of felt something when I was preaching earlier. I want to go back to this really quick. about expectations the reason why you 
can't serve people like Jesus would is because that you expect them to treat you like he treats you. And when they don't, you're upset about it. Like, kind of the thing about being Christian is that you don't get treated like one. But we treat everybody like they are Jesus. Because how we treat people is how we treat Jesus. How we treat people who don't meet our expectations of how they're supposed to treat us and act towards us is how you treat Jesus. Some people will never hear a word that you say until you drop all of your expectations that you have for them. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't listen to you either. Because all I'm going to be, if you expect particular things of me, all I'm going to be is a failure to you when I don't meet those expectations. And if you drop all your expectations for people around you in your life, then everything they do for you then becomes a gift. If you drop all expectations of how people are supposed to treat you, of how people are supposed to talk to you, I'm talking about family members. I walked through this with people in my own family. I can, I can tell you this story. I can sing this song. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I locked my family members in prisons. And I had the key. Because I had expectations of how they were supposed to treat me. And if you have expectations for how people are supposed to treat you as a Christian, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to be very upset. Because people are going to let you down. People are not going to meet your expectations. But you have to serve them anyway if you want to bear the name of Jesus. If you want to call yourself a Christian, you have to serve those people anyway or stop calling yourself a Christian because you are not following His way his way always is the service of the people who murdered him. I want you to think about that. Jesus served the people who murdered him. Very intentionally. And we get upset because people hurt our feelings. It's okay that people hurt you. It's not okay if you are bitter towards them. And it's not okay if you don't serve them in the way that Jesus would. People are going to hurt you. They will. And if you don't think they will, 
just sign up to be in ministry. <laughs> About three months. <laughs> and then they really will. And then what's awesome about being in ministry is you get called to a higher standard because you can't say anything back. You aren't permitted to by Jesus. I've broken that rule a few times. <laughs> He's been gracious to me, though. You have to serve the people who cut you the deepest. And listen, you need a group of people to be around who encourage you to love those people. You do not need a group of people around you who tear those people down all the time. You do not need a group of people around you who don't want to serve those people. And this is the worst part of this message. This is the really the punchline. If you are thinking about someone else right now, you are the one that needs to hear this the most. If you are thinking about someone else in your mind needs to hear this message, that's the problem. You need to hear this. And if you think this could help people, awesome. But if you're like, man, they really need to hear this because they need to serve me in the way of Jesus, you've missed it. You have missed it by a smooth country mile. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I went 11 minutes over my time. We're going to pray this morning and we're going to invite people down to the front. If you are helping people pray this morning, if you're signed up for prayer, come on down. I just want to have a few people down here case people need prayer for anything this morning. Listen, this is something that I want us to really lean into. This is not a part of our service that is less significant than any other because we're leaving. This is just as much a part as everything that we do. If you need prayer for anything, come down here and these people will pray with you. They will pray with you. If you need prayer for anything specific, they will pray with you. This morning, I want us to pray together before we leave. And I just want you to stretch your hands to Jesus in this moment. I want you to pray this with me. Father, help this place be a family. Help this place be a place where people can receive love. They can find security. And help this be a launching point for people to be sent out to serve the world around them. Father, I pray that everyone that walks in here would experience your love. They would experience your love because you are tangible in this room. You are touchable. And Father, I pray that you would experience the love from people back to you in this room that we have for you. 
Father, I pray this morning that people who don't know what it feels like to love or to be loved would feel the love of Jesus. Father, I pray those who are insecure in who they are this morning, I pray that they would take off the mask of insecurity and know that this is a place where they can be secure in you. Father, this morning I pray that this be a place where people can know that they are that they are being seen by you. They can know that you know them. They can know that you love them. And from that place this morning, Lord, I pray that we are sent into the world around us. We are sent to those who need you the most. Father, I pray that you would be upon us this morning. You would be within us and you would spill out onto the lives of everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer for anything, you can come forward now. If you don't, you feel free to go, and we will see you Wednesday night uh, for our worship night. Love you, and I'll see you then.